0: I have been. I was thinking earlier how I, when I first started in radio, I talked about hypoactive sexual desire disorder in women. And uh, I was a little nervous about that because nobody had actually heard of it, but everybody had it. Anyway, I've also lately been reading some posts on LinkedIn from one particular writer or contributor that states quite frequently that orgasms are of no importance to women and that she also says that penetrative sex only pleases the male organ. I beg to differ. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. We're going to do that tonight on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making relationships the best they can be. I received this email recently, which is kind of the uh, foreplay or the preamble to uh, the, uh, the intensity, which is what I want to tell you about. Um, I know you wanted me to talk about news and everything, but anyway, I decided to go with sex for some strange reason. Um, I I was delighted to get this email, I have to say. And it, (laughs) hello, my sweet, wonderful lady. I apologize for waiting so long to get back to you with my thanks for making that horrible urinary function test so much fun. I haven't had such a wonderful time in ages, and who'd have thunk it would be under such circumstances? Anyway, thanks for that amazing little bottle rocket you gave me. That was a bottle rocket vibrator. She was deciding whether she should buy one or not, and she put so much thought into it. I just had one in my bag and said, here, try this. I am renewed sexually again. I'm coming like a crazy monkey, and it's a sure thing every time. Mo, you changed my sex life. Hope someday i <laughs> bump into you again. You're amazing and deserve nothing but the best. Cheers, kiddo. Carol, thank you, Carol, so much. I do remember that patient. I don't typically give out vibrators during my bladder testing, but, you know, uh, you have certain conversations with people. A lot of uh, people wonder, is it okay to use a vibrator? Is it safe? It is important that a woman have a healthy vagina, and uh, that moisturizer uh, is key, or sometimes localized estrogen is important as well. The elasticity of the vagina is important. We must not forget about the vagina. Anyway, because it's really important, the vagina, <laughs> if uh, I have some guests here in the studio that are getting a little nervous <laughs> that the show starts out this way. But anyway, um, I want to tell you about the intensity that was the foreplay. Now here's the climax. The intensity is an expert kegler. As, you, as uh, you heard from her email, she mentioned urinary uh, urinary function tests that I was providing for her. Um, Kegels are important in urinary incontinence to help treat that. But sometimes people don't know how to do them. They can't isolate the right muscle. It's boring. They forget to ha- how to do them. They can't do them. They push out instead of pulling in that rectal muscle. So here comes along this device, the intensity. It's an expert kegler It'll stimulate your G-spot. it give you a Clitoral orgasm at the same time it'll also give you an internal orgasm. It's the uh, it massages the internal muscle and that massage of the internal muscle stimulation combined with the vibration of the external clitoris can result in an orgasm. Um, but it's really a revolutionary dildo-esque type device for female pleasure. It's a it's considered an automatic Kegel exerciser, and it's really an orgasm game changer. So it will bring an orgasm to the orgasm less. But I, I must forewarn you this device is not uh, for the femme fatale flicker uh, women we have out there. Uh, this is really for somebody who's been experienced, who has used uh, vibrator uh, or dildos in the past, is comfortable inserting this phallic like symbol in, not a symbol, phallic like. Uh, a- appendage, really, uh, that has a tensed uh, application on it into the vagina. And you have to make sure that you have um, healthy tissues and that your vagina is moist and that the introitus or the opening to the vagina is wide enough and hasn't dried up over time because that can happen With perimenopause, it can happen postmenopausally for a lot of women, and that can result in painful sex. Um, So that TENS device phallic part is inserted into your vagina, and that will help with the urinary incontinence because it's an automatic kegler. But, you know, the most boring exercises in the world are Kegel exercises. But The intensity will actually make doing Kegel exercises fun. It will help to stop the urinary incontinence that women often experience after having a baby or as the estrogen receptors decrease in the vagina and the urethra. But the side benefit is it will also increase sexual sensation. Anytime you're paying attention to your genitalia, thinking about it, taking the time, uh, focusing on it, um, self-pleasuring is a good thing. And that will, will actually also translate into better sex with your partner. A man may disappoint, but the intensity never will. Anyway, there are lots of different devices out there. Um, And so that is one of them. There's another one for urinary incontinence that will also increase blood flow, and that is the Elise TENS device. It's a pelvic floor stimulator. It's smaller. um, It's more of a beginner device, uh, but it will also, because both of these devices increase the blood flow to the genitalia, that is what helps to increase that sexual sensation, whether you're alone or with somebody. Anyway, so this is definitely a way, if you're looking to spice things up in the bedroom, may I suggest the Intensity or the Lee's TENS device. You can go to my website, www.backtothebedroom.ca, to order either one of those. Or you can go to Mark's Pharmacy. They also have them. Uh, Carry them out there. I talk about urinary incontinence and sexual function and dysfunction on... HealthWorks Radio as well. So um, anyway, those devices are out there. There is treatment for urinary incontinence. You don't have to suffer, and that will definitely impact your sex life. It will make you feel... Um, you know, it's expensive in terms of dignity as well as diapers. So you don't have to suffer. And there's an absolutely fun way that you can improve things for yourself in the bedroom. Anyway, if you want to give me a call about any of the subjects we're talking about tonight, 604 280 9898 or star 9898 on yourself. Don't be shy. I don't bite. I love all your emails too. So by all means, and you do email me talk at cknw.com. I try to answer all of the emails. Um, uh, as much as possible. Sometimes I can actually leave my phone for 10 minutes and come back and I see I've gotten 50 new emails. So you can see there's a little bit of an interest in sex. Um, I wonder why, but it, but sex is great and sex can be great and we want to improve that and help people along the way because it's important to have a healthy sex life and help with sleep and pain and everything else. But you know, it's not just about... Uh, Getting together between the sheets or under the sheets—it's um, also about attraction and and beauty—and we're going to be talking about that tonight. And the, the subject—I was in San Francisco recently and I saw somebody wearing a T-shirt that said uh, "Beer, the drink that helps ugly people get laid." And I thought, really, is that all that it is? Anyway, is that what we boiled it down to? What if you don't like beer? Anyway, um, along with being hilarious, um, it's—you know—it made me wonder and think. Um, about beauty and about inner beauty and outer beauty. And there was a research study that was done that showed it's not just about uh, the beautiful people in the world. It's really what's inside that matters. And I have a fabulous guest joining me tonight to talk about inner and outer beauty. And we will also be discussing characteristics like kindness. And kindness makes a person far more attractive. But what do we find attractive in men and women? Why do we like that stereotypical bad boy? What makes our blood flow because he's actually acting like a jerk? Why do we are we more attracted to that? Why are we attracted to the guy who lacks niceness in his nature? Why do we stay with controlling women? Are we different people in a text than we are in real life? These are some of the questions. And what really makes a person beautiful? And all this changes with social media and, and how relationships are these days. And And do we fall for the exterior when what is really important is what a person is made of and what matters most? And I think it's really important to know what a person is made of. Last week, I talked about Um, the plan B with Jill Bennett on the Jill Bennett show and also on this show, the CKNW Sunday night sex show got a lot of flack about that in particular from men and got a lot of emails about that as well. And I'll read some of those emails a little bit later on in the program um, I'm also going to be talking with a regular contributor to this program, Dr. John Weisler. He's a cardiologist and a team doctor to many of the sports teams we have in this fine city. And um, also going to be talking with him about broken hearts because, I don't know, there just seems to be an increase uh, in the broken hearts that I've seen of late. I remember. My family members saying that my grandfather had, in fact, died of a broken heart. These women who I've seen in my practice recently have described physical symptoms, and some women actually experience chest pain um, during the time that they are saying that they are having a broken heart or are grieving. So is the broken heart syndrome real? And if it is, Dr. John Weisler is going to answer that question for us. I'm also going to be talking to Cal Desange. I spoke with him last uh, week after I was banned in Surrey because of what I said. (laughs) Um, Anyway, no, I think Cal will let me in. Um, But anyway, we're going to be talking about girls and gangs. Uh, He also happens to be running for office out in Surrey, and it's really important that somebody, um, you know, there's lots of murders in Surrey and lots of violence and lots of gang activity, and um, so it's important to talk and hear his perspective on Um, what he plans to do uh, when he runs for office out there. Uh, I told him that I have a lot of female politicians on, so it's only fair to invite the men on. He's a little nervous coming on the show tonight, but uh, I assured him that uh, I will not, as he said, tear a strip off him. Anyway, so when I come back, we're going to talk about that research study and with Dr. Shella Ibrahim, the owner and president of Afterglow on the North Shore. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Is bad, I've been sick for a couple of weeks, <laughs> so the voice is off a little bit. Uh, anyway, I'm Maureen McGrath. Welcome back to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. We're talking um, about beauty and intimacy and sexuality, and Norm is on the line. Hello, Norm.
1: Exactly. <laughs> hey, Maureen, how's it going?
0: Not too bad, Norm. Yourself?
1: Yeah, you remember me, don't you?
0: I couldn't forget you, Norm. All right, <laughs> you're in my book. No. All right,
1: yeah, yeah. I, w- I was gonna, I was gonna say I was, uh, what's his name, the hockey player, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What can I do for you, Norm?
1: Well, anyway, you were talking about um... what was that subject you were on there?
0: Int- uh the intensity. Uh, exactly. Urinary incontinence, oh, sexual yeah, yeah. sensation, the, the
1: vibrates, the vibrating thing, the right.
0: vibrator, yes,
1: yeah. So
0: the pelvic, the uh, gym for the pelvic floor, opening the yeah. door to the pelvic floor.
1: Yeah, I was, I was, I was really enthralled with that. But anyway, I'm sure you um, were. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You know, like you know, realistically, <laughs> you know, if men and women are are, are still doing their thing, each other, you know, whatever. Or uh, women
0: and women or men and men, yes.
1: Men and men, women and women. Right, I,
0: everybody. I, mm-hmm.
1: I, I've been with my wife for 37 years. Fabulous. Right? Yeah, and we're still doing our thing, and we don't need the little vibrating thing or the little widget that, you know, inserts into <laughs> wherever it goes, right?
0: Sounds like she needs it, Norm. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> you think? I don't know. What's the question?
1: I don't have a question. I just thought I'd phone up and say, how the hell are you doing?
0: I couldn't be better, Norm.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm I'm so happy for you that you've been married 37 years and you're still having sex. That's amazing. Norm? I lost you, Norm. (laughs) I shocked him. I think he might... Norm, I hope you're okay. Well, there's a cardiologist here anyway, if uh, if you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll resuscitate you. Thanks, Norm, for your call. I'm Maureen McGrath, and uh, thanks for your calls. Star 9898 on your cell if you like. Um, we're talking about beauty, inner beauty and outer beauty. One of the most robust findings in social psychology is the beauty is good stereotype. Physically attractive people are perceived and treated more positively than physically attractive unattractive but you know you go from meeting people who are definitely perhaps not attractive and and beauty is in the eye of the beholder and then you don't know them and you see them and you think oh they're not attractive and then you get to know them and you find out that they are kind and lovely and awesome and you can't help but be attracted to them regardless of what they score on the hot or not.com website. Anyway, here to talk to me about beauty is Dr. Shella Ibrahim, and she is the owner at Afterglow, which is a medispa, and also Ambleside Dermetic. She's a family physician with a special interest in dermatology. Welcome to the studio, Dr. Ibrahim.
2: Thank you for inviting me.
0: You're very welcome. Um, so, you know, as we age, this is particularly important. I think this this research study was particularly important, and I know that doctors spend more time with um, with more attractive patients. There has been some research, research about that mm-hmm. um, than the less attractive um, patients, and people who are more attractive in life often do better and are more successful. Um, and and often, according to this study, when when they rated people just on their faces alone, they were rated particular numbers, but when they were told things about them like they were nice or they were productive or they were helpful or collaborative versus they were evil and mean, even one woman had known someone from 30 years prior and he treated her poorly in high school and she had a real disdain for him, Um, that can really affect how we think uh, somebody is. So that's sort of that inner beauty. Like we can really improve things in life by becoming a better person, by becoming better people, maybe having more integrity, being a little bit more helpful, going outside of yourself, which is Mm -hmm. what I suggest to a lot of people quite often. So you work on the outside of people. People Mm -hmm. maybe have scars, or they may have rosacea, or they may be bothered by their lips their entire life like it took me you know all these years to grow into the size of my lips (laughs) and now (laughs) I'm used to them they're on style no so tell me about some of the work that you do to help enhance the exterior look of people
2: well I think going back to your question I think it makes total sense and I would agree with you that inner beauty is just as important as external beauty And people who are kind and generous and and loving and and, uh, generally beautiful are perceived as being being beautiful. So it's really important to really pay attention to that as well. Um, But I, I would like to also take it a little step further and say that it's really important to be very authentic as well and be really genuine and caring because people can see through that, you know. And uh it's really important to to be really perceived as being good and, and beautiful to be very authentic at the same time. Absolutely uh, I agree with you. Which is really important. Always uh, be yourself. In always other words. be yourself. Yeah. Um but um I also like to uh, talk a little bit about this book by Harvard psychologist uh, Susan Etkoff uh, called The Survival of the Prettiest and she says that uh, beauty is not a myth it's not a backlash against feminism or it's not something that that is constru- a social construct or a cultural construct but it's a very um, important uh, and innate part of uh, human nature uh, and it goes back to the Darwinian uh, theory of survival uh, where they say that people who are Generally beautiful externally are perceived uh, to be more fertile and fecund, so it just goes back to that that whole notion and I think um, for me, uh, you know talking to all the women out there is really important to embrace that. And to recognize, uh, in fact, uh, actually there was a a study uh, very recently conducted called the First Impression Study. And it showed that women who do uh, sort of spend time on external appearances and look after themselves uh, actually um, make better first impressions. They get better jobs, uh, they make more money, and this has a tremendous, tremendous impact on their self-esteem. So I'm going straight over to Mac and getting some makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I think so I think both are important. And, you know, I think my job really is to remove the barriers between inner and outer beauty. So it just shines through. Exactly. So as as people age today, you know, we, we don't have to age
0: with the wrinkles. I mean, I, I love natural beauty myself, um, but but some people are wrought with wrinkles and that they're that are, have been upsetting for them or they may have scars or they may have rosacea. And so what are some of the things that uh people come to see you for uh in your office and did you bring some extra injections for me you don't need anything (laughs) you look fantastic
2: (laughs) oh thank you yeah i really think you look absolutely awesome but having said that everybody can do with a little bit of tweaking i say yes absolutely yes so uh i think um the kind of work that i do really it really depends upon where I see these patients in my Northland location is purely aesthetic. So lots of, you know, Botox, fillers, wrinkles. I would say that 99.9% of all the the women who come to see me, uh, they don't want to look younger. They want to look the best they are for the age. And uh, they want to look, they don't, they just want to look youthful because, you know, we're all getting old, but we don't feel old. And um, there's a mismatch between how you how you're looking and how you're feeling. So all I'm trying to do really is to bridge that gap between them because, you know, we're living longer, but we're living very productive lives. And uh, I think as women, we're also out in, there in the workforce competing with younger women. So there is really a need uh, to look younger and... Uh, and look more awake, perhaps, and, and look more 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 awake. fresher. Because those are some of the looks that uh, women get from your clinics as well. Absolutely. And they say that, you know, if I, if I look my best... Um, I feel my best so I can do my best and I think this has a, a really tremendous impact on uh, on their self esteem absolutely what 's the average age of somebody who comes to one of your clinics An average age is between thirty five and sixty. Um, I would say that my oldest patient is uh, ninety years old is that right and it 's been an absolute pleasure I can imagine uh, to yeah. see them she 's having sex she 's found a boyfriend she came for cool sculpting. And it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, look after her. That is so great. Yeah,
0: a woman after my own heart right there. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, I'm going to ask you to hang on in the studio because this is very good. uh, And we're going to have to head to a break. But um, just about what age should a woman start coming in to see you or to start having uh, dermal fillers or Botox or um, any other type of uh, cosmetic Uh, procedure that may and and does that in fact help them to look fresher and younger and more awake uh, the younger they start anyway thank you so much for your uh, contribution to inner and outer beauty thank you anyway so when I come back we're going to be getting the needles out and I'm going to take a few injections (laughs) (laughs) I wish I'm Maureen McGrath you're listening to yeah I'm going to be tweaked listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath, your host of the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. We're talking beauty. I know beautiful is often perceived as good, but isn't good also beautiful? We are an extremely obsessed by looks culture. And research shows that people we initially perceive as physically attractive tend to follow a very predictable pattern. They're average, symmetrical, and have hormone-dependent features but sometimes people don't like those features or some of those features may sag or may wrinkle or may dry up that's why I've, I've invited Dr. Shelley Ibrahim and she's remained in the studio here she is the a family physician and with a special interest in dermatology she has the clinics owns the clinics Afterglow and Ambleside Dermatics. so thanks for staying in the studio some of the uh, more popular things that are out there is the Botox and the fillers what's the difference between Botox and fillers
2: so Botox is, um, is used to relax. It's a purified protein that is used to relax the muscles of facial expression. And the best way to describe uh, the uses of Botox is if you look at the area above the nose. So the areas between the frown lines, the forehead lines, and the crow's feet, for lack of a better word. So anything above the nose um, is used, uh, Botox is used to treat uh, those muscles, and the wrinkles form from uh, moving those muscles. And uh, fillers are basically used to uh, treat volume loss. So anything below the nose, uh, recontouring the cheeks, uh, the lips, as you mentioned, uh, jawline, um, nasolabial folds, or marionette lines. So anything above the nose is Botox. Typically, anything below the nose or in the mid-face, uh, for rejuvenation and dealing with volume loss and fat loss fillers are used primarily. Oh, okay, interesting. So you also treat patients who have severe acne
0: mm-hmm. and rosacea mm-hmm. and what, what kind of treatments do you
2: use for those? So this has uh, been a, a real passion for me and uh, very recently, a couple of months ago, I opened a clinic called The Acne Clinic on the North Shore and the clinic uh, deals primarily uh, you know, with teenagers who who have a lot of acne, so moderate to severe acne. And uh, it really saddens me because uh, by the time I see them or any physician sees them, it's just too late because they already have developed scars. So uh, it's been a real interest to me because, you know, since I've taken my extra courses in dermatology, I've realized that if I knew about all of this 20 years ago when I was practicing family medicine, I would have been such a great doctor, you know. <laughs> you are a great doctor, but still, you know, I just feel sad because the psychological uh, impact of having a scarred face is so much more. You know, lasts for so many years. That can have lifelong lifelong implications. Mm-hmm. And so, I treat uh, a lot of acne. I treat rosacea with light and laser therapies, and as well as topical medications. And I think uh, it really un- uh, important to understand that some of these are chronic inflammatory conditions of the skin like rosacea psoriasis so the treatment is not aimed at curing it it's more for controlling it and I think if you can get patients to understand that uh, but you know it'd be very beneficial that's outstanding
0: well it's great work and I'm so glad you came into
2: the studio to talk
0: about this and and you know it's must be such satisfying work for you to help somebody's self-esteem and and effectively someone's sexual self-esteem because it will help for them to meet somebody or have the confidence to be able to go out there and meet somebody.
2: Yes, I do. Yes, yeah, so thank you. You're
0: making a tremendous impact in the world of re- sex and relationships, Doctor Ibrahim. Thank you very <laughs> Thanks much. Thanks so much.
2: Your website is www.afterglowskincare.ca and www.amblesidemedics.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank really you so appreciate
0: you coming in. So we're going to switch over subjects at the moment. Um, we're actually going to. Um, talking about broken hearts you know this is a very challenging subject Uh, as well I've seen a lot of patients in my office recently I don't know there's a rise on broken hearts and as I said my own grandfather it was said uh, it was said that uh, he had died of a broken heart, and and I, I don't know if it was the perception that he was, um, that they had a perfect marriage, or what, you know, you want in that Irish Catholic family, we want to always think that everything's perfect, if not, we hide it behind a lace curtain, but anyway, here to talk to me about... Uh, uh, the broken heart syndrome is Dr. John Weisler. He's a regular health contributor to this program. He's also a cardiologist on the North Shore, does a lot of work with sports teams. Uh, Welcome to the studio, Dr. Weisler.
3: Thanks very much for having me, Maureen.
0: You are so welcome. So, the broken heart syndrome, it can be confused with a heart attack and it can happen in young women, women who are grieving, women whose husband, in fact, one of the patients that I had recently, her husband had cheated on her. She had three young children. Her mother had died the month before. She was an absolute wreck and what, what struck me was she said i'm in physical pain she was sobbing falling into my arms and she was in physical pain she said she felt she she'd never felt like this before um, some women experience chest pain so tell me about this Broken Heart Syndrome.
3: Yeah, no, this is a, this is a real problem. It uh, can happen in both genders, but it is quite a bit more common in women and tends to be later in life, but it can be, you know, with younger women as well. And it's, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the old sort of thing that people used to say, if they had a terrible shock, they'd have a heart attack and die. And, you know, the traditional heart attack that we, that we probably all know about is that you've got arteries in your heart that get plugged up with cholesterol. And that can get worse with stress too. But this Broken Heart Syndrome is different. Uh, it's the, the arteries of the heart are okay, and then the heart is you know a muscular pump, and basically what happens is the bottom portion of this pump stops working and it balloons outwards. So the arteries are okay, but the muscle just doesn't work. It's a type of what we doctors would call uh, cardiomyopathy, where the muscle doesn't work properly, and the other name for it is Takotsubo syndrome, uh, which is a Takotsubo is a Japanese word for octopus trap, and what what that means is that you know the the top portion of the heart is squeezing very nicely. It's very narrow. It squeezes well the bottom portion um bulges outwards and uh, and so it looks like this octopus trap for the octopus goes in the trap can get in but then it can't turn around and get out so you know the fisherman or fisherman gets their dinner Uh, but when that's your heart that's bad you know it doesn't squeeze properly you could get uh, complications fluid on your lungs uh, clots that form in your heart and then break off and you can get arrhythmias that can actually be fatal so it can be a very serious problem
0: and so that muscle you're talking about or that event that part of the heart is the left ventricle yes and the, that's the,
3: the left ventricle the pumping the main pumping chamber of our heart
0: and and that's a really important aspect of the heart would you it's, say <laughs>
3: it certainly it certainly is and you know we don't really know why um this happens uh marine but it's people think it's like a sudden surge in adrenaline so it's often with you know a spouse that you, you find out your spouse is cheating on you or a financial disaster you know you're it, it was more more uh, it was more prevalent at the time of the stock market crash back in 2008 because a lot of people lost a significant portion of their retirement as a sudden shock. And then that, that example you gave, it sounds like tragedy on top of tragedy on top of tragedy. And then, uh, and, and, you know, there's probably some limit that we haven't yet identified as, as uh, medical science where your body can only take so much stress. And then it, we, we don't know how it does it exactly, but it then causes these, these physical findings with, with the heart abnormalities to, to happen.
0: And, you know, stress is a part of everybody's life, and everybody is going to encounter stress. And it's really how people manage stress. I mean, I think we often say about, you know, well, you know, deal with stress or, um, you know, it's because of stress. But there need to be strategies and tools, and and people who are raised in more functional families are are provided the opportunities, perhaps, or the information, the education, uh, and the tools to deal with life's little tragedies as they come along the way.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And, you know, I, I tell patients this all the time, you know, you you have to do what you can to moderate your stress levels, because as you said, we all face it. Um, I think there are a number of different things people can do, whether it's, you know, exercising, if you don't already exercise, or there's certain cognitive techniques that sometimes can be helpful. So some people have had a background where they've had some, you know, some some learning and, or some training on how to manage stress. For people that don't have that, I mean, uh, the... the um, the incidence of this problem is still relatively low. It's an uncommon problem, so I don't want uh, everybody listening tonight to, you know, panic that they're going to get this problem and have to, you know, what I mean. It, but it is important to be aware of your own stress levels, and uh, if you're anxious a lot, under stress a lot, it's important to look at ways that you know might be right for you to to reduce that.
0: And if you, you think you can't cope with something, I mean, I know it's an uncommon uh, situation. Mm-hmm. I just happen to have seen it recently, mm-hmm. um, but I think there's variations of this, and yes. there there may be a precursor to this and and this heartbreak this this idea that we can't live without this man for example or this man completes me often women think that um, or I'm going to be so ashamed if my parents find out that he's been cheating or if my or if his company finds out that he's been cheating um, or if you know my friends and 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 family and sisters you know the people are shamed by this and this can cause a great deal of stress as well not to mention that in the home you know, today, as this uh, research out there or information out there, how expensive it is to live in Vancouver and to yes. to find that you might have four kids underfoot and you're going to have to buy two houses here or, you know, yes. somebody's going to rent or you're going to sell the family home and two people are renting and, that, and that's really going to kill the any retirement savings or, um, you know, so it, it's lifestyle changing, it's life changing, it's life altering right. and yet living with that secret and that shame and not dealing with it can actually lead to Far more unmanaged stress.
3: Yes, uh, no, no, that's right. And and uh, I sort of I think what your what your point brings up, Maureen, is that you know we, we want to try and have. You know, healthy relationships and all, and all these things, you know, your, your first example of I can't live without this man, uh, you know, we do see that the single most common demographic where we'll see this, this broken heart syndrome is in the 70 to 85 year old woman who's lost their partner. That's where it, that's where it shows up. And you know, the, the usual outcomes are very good. Most of the time people do recover, but it can be life threatening. There are people that have died from it or suffered a stroke or a very serious, uh, serious compromise. So, you know, healthy, it, it is all these things that we kind of know we should do anyways, a healthy lifestyle, have you know, healthy communication, healthy relationship, it, it is probably the most important to, to avoid this as well.
0: And, and probably people, when they're this stressed, they don't want to have sex, but having sex is actually it's, <laughs> good for you.
3: It is. It's, it's good for you. It strengthens the relationship. It's good. I mean, it, most, most of the benefits may be with your relationship and psychological, and there's a physical benefit too, dilating the arteries, and uh, it's a form of physical activity. So it's, it's good for all those reasons.
0: Yeah, and it can help people to sleep because when people are stressed, they're not going to sleep well. Um, and even if they have sex by themselves using the intensity um (laughs) product that i mentioned earlier um no but you know uh spending time alone uh you know with oneself and self-pleasuring um you know is important and then maybe take a good long nap afterward um you know to help get through these uh difficult times
3: sure i would agree absolutely yeah
0: so some of these uh people who go on um who have this broken heart syndrome they will need to go on medications for even a short time i I
3: think um you know in, in my own personal uh uh, practices to put all of them on. You know, I see a few cases a year in in my practice, and we do have when when your heart doesn't work properly, we do have a couple of medications that are very effective at helping it to work better. You know, uh, beta blockers and ACE inhibitors are the names of the of the classes, and they're generally very safe. Uh, the beta blockers can make you tired and can rarely affect your. But it'll your calm you down. But they will calm you yes. down. Right? And it's probably in this condition. I think it's the most important because it does yeah. blunt that um, response um, to stress and to uh, and to adrenaline. And then you know. Uh, the, the the odd patient gets terribly ill and we have to send them for, you know, fancy procedures and stuff like that. But the majority will have recovery of their heart function over a one to three month sort of period. So I see these people in follow up. And if their hearts are working properly, again, we can usually wean off and stop the, the medication.
0: Well, thank you so much for clarifying that there is, in fact, the broken heart syndrome. Yes. You heard it here first on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I'm Maureen McGrath. When I come back, your emails. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and it's important that we realize that the faces of domestic violence victims are all around us. I'm Maureen McGrath. This is the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. The person who may be experiencing domestic violence could be your friend, your family member, a neighbor, a co-worker, or the clerk at your local grocery store. The victims may cover their bruises with long sleeves or their emotional scars with forced smiles. They might be embarrassed or afraid to come forward because they might think you'll judge them. They may have absolutely no hope for breaking this cycle of violence. They may not be able to escape their abuser. And in fact, their life is at greater risk once they leave their abuser. I want to let you know that I am passionate about this subject. I was abused in the workplace a couple of years ago. I've become, I've healed, I've gotten stronger, and I made a promise to myself that for the rest of my days, I would raise awareness about violence against women, especially around women who were marginalized, who had less than I had, who did not have, the, have not had the charmed life that I have lived to this point. I know that that can be ripped away at any point, um, and that's why I'm grateful for every day. And I always say, any day that you can look down at the grass is a good day, but then I'm Irish, and that's how the Irish look upon life. But we need to all think that the responsibility of raising awareness about domestic violence falls on all of our shoulders and it's only with our encouragement that victims will have the strength to come out of the shadows and seek help. I was able to leave that job because I had people who supported me, people who loved me, people who cared about me, and people who gave me great advice. I also had a phenomenal lawyer who helped me along the way. I was laughing with somebody today, reminiscing about this situation, and unfortunately, in a way, I was forced to settle. And 97% of these cases settle out of court. Um, I happened to get the highest settlement anyone uh, in British Columbia that anybody had ever gotten at, for workplace um, for office bully and sexual harassment. Um, but and I took some of that money and I did uh, some good work with it. I went to the Supreme Court of Canada, uh, raised some money uh, to bring some of the sex workers to the Supreme Court of Canada as to hopefully have some of the legislation changed. Um, and since then, I have talked about this subject on the air. I've talked about it in Surrey, as I said. I've talked about it at every single presentation I've ever given. If anybody knows me, they know that I stand for raising awareness and ending violence against women. I work with Ending Violence Association BC, EVA BC. Tracy Porteous is getting a Governor General's Award in Canada, and I couldn't be happier for her. She's 30 years in the field. I'm a mere neophyte compared to her. I also work with the BC Lions, be more than a bystander. The bystanders at my uh, company did not help me. I was forcibly confined, locked in the office, the door handle taken off, while my bully screamed over me, screaming at me, I was hysterical. It was actually criminal behavior, but I didn't know that now. I know that now, but I didn't know that then. I didn't want to take that settlement. I wanted to go be on the courthouse steps with my bully, his lawyer, and my lawyer, but that would not be the case. Uh, instead, I started doing media and started speaking out about this uh, subject. And I just want to put it out there that we as a community uh, need to do something about this. It stains our victims, it stains our society, it stains our province and our country. Uh, it affects individuals in every community and every single, from every single walk of life. It knows no boundaries in terms of money or um, uh, exclusivity or fame. Uh, it is, any woman is at risk for this. So just a reminder that this month uh, is Domestic Violence Month and uh, And I implore you to support people who it is happening to, and please do not judge them and uh, do whatever you can um, to do that anyway. Uh, I did get an email. hi, Maureen. I heard you on the heard you this morning on the Jill Bennett show and tonight's Sunday Night Sex show. Keep up the great work. We love what you have to say. Don't stop, Ed, thanks, Ed, because I think that's what you're talking about is the work that I do around raising awareness about violence against women. I'm very passionate about it um and uh, I will. Uh, speak about it to anybody and do whatever I can to help to end this and actually stand up for people. And I've done that. I I walk the talk as they say. Um, Also last week we talked about uh, plan B and plan B was a study that was done out of the UK where it said that 50% of married women had a plan B. In other words, they had a backup guy. They had an ex-husband, an ex-boyfriend or some random guy at the gym that they were going to take up with should their current relationship not work out. Well, uh, a lot of people were really upset by this. And in particular, a lot of men were upset by this. I did ask some patients in my office if they had plan B's. They had plan C's. They just didn't even want the guy anymore at all. They wanted to live alone. <laughs> anyway, they were done. But a lot of uh, women had did in fact have a plan B. They had thought about it. They had somebody who adored them or who loved them. And when the going got tough, they did consider it. Not that many, about three out of 10 would actually consider leaving their men. But I got a few emails about this as well. I did love this one because I think this is from the coolest mother in Vancouver. Hey, Maureen, I listened to your Plan B talk with my kids on Sunday. My little guy, eight years old, laughed so hard when you talked about no one knowing other than all of the listeners. And I think she's referring to the conversation I had with Daljeet, who had actually implemented a Plan B. She goes on to say, "You're very entertaining. Love the work you are doing about violence against women." So I, I ask, I invite you to come on and help me with this work. We're looking to promote uh, or continue the program, the "Be More Than a Bystander" program with the BC Lions. Anybody that wants to help me with that is more than welcome. Any large company with lots of money in their coffers, or not even that much, uh, certainly welcome to help me um, do this because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take education and awareness, and we're going to need to re-socialize this society. In fact, the other day I was at the hairdresser at. At a spanky hairdresser, swanky hairdresser, not spanky, anyway, you know, but you know me, I'm a sex Anyway, um, at a hairdresser, and I was waiting to buy some Aero Gel, which is just about the best hairspray. It's a combination of hairspray and gel, just a small side tip for your hair. Um, and I was waiting to purchase some, and I heard this mother of three boys. And two of them were about, they might have been six and eight, and then the other one was 14. And she was just tearing a strip, unnecessarily in my opinion, off these two little guys. And they just sat there, scared to death. And I mean, she was rude. She was awful. Her tone of voice was disgusting. Then she turned and went on to her 14-year-old boy. She just yelled at him. She was horrible. And I thought, you know, is this, it's It's no wonder there's this, um, these boys, are, as they turn into men need a venue for their rage. I mean, to be treated like this was absolutely so disgusting. And violence against men happens as well. Um, The horrible case uh, in Sayreville, New Jersey, about the football players who had been raping each other, essentially, and, and no one said anything. We need to speak up. We need to educate people about this is wrong, because what happens is people end up with obsessive compulsive disorder. They end up with anxiety disorders. Back to the plan B, I had a long email from a, from a listener um, who didn't want a response. And it's like, you don't want a dialogue, but you, know, you want to just throw your um, opinion out there. So I'm going to read some of that as much as I can. We don't have much time left in the show. Um, my partner and I were just listening to a show tonight regarding the concept of backup or plan B relationships and it baffled us the first issue we both had was that the bulk of what seemed to be discussed made all the issues lie with the men being somehow so inadequate that their fem- female partners felt entirely justified in nurturing these backup plans on a level that is inappropriate what happened to personal accountability if one's partner male or female is not meeting expectations in such a detrimental way then is it the responsibility then it is sorry the the responsibility of a true partner to work towards addressing things in an upfront manner rather than diving into an unspoken what if contingency plan. If these discussions have taken place and no resolution has been found, then stringing along the relationship helps no one plan B or not. It's a terrible way to let any relationship diminish. You know, Again, just trying to raise awareness awareness about this. Um, it's not something I promote. It's just something that women think about. It doesn't necessarily mean that men are bad. It may mean that a woman settled. It may mean that a woman realized she's made a mistake. It may mean that the um, man is abusing the woman. There's um, many, many different reasons a woman may have a plan B. She may be nervous. I don't know. Anyway, I don't have enough time to continue um, to continue on with that um, email, but, uh, as time goes on, perhaps I will. Um, next Saturday, I'll be out at the health and wellness show in Abbotsford, and we'll be cooking things up on the main stage at about six thirty PM with Tammy Lynn, um, Tammy Lynn, <laughs> Lynn, the personality and foodie. Uh, so we're going to be hopefully increasing your sexual desire with some great food um on next week's show i am uh i did want to mention i'm actually speaking in steveston and uh, i had an interesting email about that speaking in steveston so about 75 they said or 80 moms and how to um put uh intimacy back into the relationship and so i was actually asked if i had insurance and if i was going to be doing live demonstrations anyway who do these people think i am um but nonetheless uh, just after that all the tickets have been sold out um but no i don't have insurance i don't necessarily need it and uh, i will not be doing live demonstrations on next week's show we're going to be talking about lingerie orgasms the new linkedin dating trend the positives and the pitfalls boomer sex and my social media blonde moment and what tagalog has to do with it i'm going to be calling upon my social media expert and friend dave to return and help me sort all of this out please visit my website www.backtothebedroom.ca follow me on twitter at back the number two the bedroom it has been an absolute pleasure being here with you tonight i hope uh your relationship improves somewhat or gets you thinking in a different way remember we all stumble on this gravel road of life so when you fall make it part of your dance i'm maureen mcgrath and you have been listening to the CKW sunday night sex show one more thing this show would never happen without the technical expertise of the techno pro- <laughs> techno technical producer kenji mcnab thank you so much Te- kenji mcnab great job tonight i'm maureen mcgrath until next week have a sexually healthy week